Hello there and welcome to the We Are Imps podcast. This week we've got the main man. He's been a PE teacher. He took charge of the England futsal team as head coach and led Leeds United out at Old Trafford. But now he is here with Lincoln City. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Michael Scabala. Michael, great to have you on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, it's great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, we're a few months into the job now. The big question is, how are you finding it? How are you settling in? Yeah, I think I've settled in now. I think we're, we're there. It's been, um, like I keep saying, it's been an absolute whirlwind to come into games Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, a bit of a rest and then more games. So it's been a really, um, really good start in terms of getting to know everybody, getting to know the players. And I think now I've got my feet well under the table and uh, yeah, look, look, really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, you look like you're really enjoying it as well. From from the fans' perspective, whether at the games or watching on iFollow, you seem to be really enjoying every single moment of it. Oh, I, I always say to the players and, you know, the staff, we're really privileged. We work in football every day and I've worked in football 20 years. And, you know, I always think coming to Lincoln was an exciting opportunity. You have to enjoy every day to get the most out of people, to get the most out of the players and um, push them really hard, push the staff really hard. And every day we try and be better. But I think you have to enjoy the journey as well. We were chatting a little bit before coming on air here, and you know, one of the words you used to me said it's been it's been bonkers, it's been nuts. Yeah. So, has elements of the job been tougher than you anticipated? Because of course, it is your, your first full time managerial role. Yeah, I think there are, there are always elements of a job in any life, any walk of life. You always think you know what you're going into, and then you go into it, and there's some things that come around the corner that surprise you. But I think that's just the nature of any job, really. And I think there's some elements that surprise me in the busyness of every day and trying to get the, the most out of the players. I think one of the biggest challenges I'm having to d adapt to is in the Premier League or with 21s, you're not Saturday, Tuesday every week and it's a different way of dealing with players and regenerating and recovery and go again. So in a way, I've only had a couple of sessions with the lads actually of how I want to play. The rest has been prepping them for opposition. Um, but again, like we all have playing games and we all have watching games. So that's the exciting part as well. The recruitment process was something that you alluded to in, in your first interview with me a couple of months ago. Um, it was a rigorous one, wasn't it? Could you give us a little bit more of an insight into the level of detail, into the process really, and everything that came along with it? Yeah, sure. So it was, um, a, like you say, a very long process for, for normal opportunities and normal roles, I think. But, you know, the, the, the staff here and the leadership here are very diligent on doing their homework on myself. Um, then they asked to meet me and then meet me again a couple of times and then for me to present, then meet the board and present. Um, and again, it was probably three or four, even more rounds of interviews. So I think they were doing their due diligence on not just me as a coach, but me as a character and me as a person to fit what they believed was the project here at Lincoln. Um, and they wanted to get that fit right. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully we, it's a marriage made in heaven, if you like. <laughs> I mean, you obviously impressed the board here, but was that something that impressed you, the level of detail that went into essentially recruiting yourself? Yeah, I think it's really important that, um, and it, people probably don't realise this, like I think it's really important that both sides do their work on each other to, to make sure that, you know, I need to know what I'm coming into as a club and be happy and the leadership here, as I call them, need to be knowing what they're coming into as me and be happy and I think... That's key for success. I think the, the the fact that it took a bit of time actually did really impress me because there's a lot of clubs that would just make quick decisions. And for someone like myself that's had to have a, a really, you know, different journey and work hard for the amount of times, I'd actually want it that way. 
um, to go and do the work and the background work on myself. I actually, yeah, I was really impressed by that and probably want it in that way. And when that call comes, you've got the job. What's the immediate reaction? Is it, is it pride? Is it excitement? Is it actually a little bit of nerves as well? Is it everything in between? I think it's probably a bit of everything, isn't it? Like, um, but more than anything, elated and happy and rang my wife and said, we're moving to Lincoln. <laughs> no, we're not too far with Annie Lester, but no, rang my wife and she was like, oh, yeah, she's been really supportive anyway over the last 20 years and family know how busy football is, but more than anything, just really excited and really pleased to come to what I believe is a stable club behind the scenes. We know in football at the minute, you've only got to look at um, some of the big ex-Premier League clubs in our league at the moment, which are big clubs like Bolton and you know, even Blackpool have been there and Barnsley. You know, Lincoln's a really stable club, I feel. And to go to a stable place and work every day and work with some good players is, is the most exciting thing for me. Yeah, and we'll come on to the team shortly and, and how you've you've found your first couple of months on the pitch and perhaps looking ahead to, to what we can achieve this season. Before then, I want to talk about futsal. And slightly before then, because we're, we're, we're spinning a few plates because there's plenty to talk about. Could you just give a bit of a background into your coaching career? It's such an interesting one of course with you starting out so young as well there is a lot to get through so if there's a way to sort of summarize it in, in a fairly short space of time please do i'll let yeah, you yeah sure take um, it away. yeah i think it's um i always knew like when i was playing played at you know been through the academy system got released started playing if you like conference level national league level now but i always knew i think in the back of my mind i wanted to coach um, I went into PE teaching probably as a way of becoming a better coach and learning how to deal with young players. Um, but I always knew in the back of my mind I wanted to coach. So I started actually coaching when I was 18, 19, 20. Did my B licence back, way back when. And then worked with the National League team as coaching young pros. And I just loved it from minute one. I just loved it. I just loved the, the challenge of trying to make people better. I loved the bit around getting them to understand what I wanted to do on a football pitch. And it's, there's all those things. And then, so from there, moved into working as a PE teacher, but also on the side, working at local academies, Leicestershire, Carv, uh, Forest. So doing all the, you know, the youth stuff that many coaches come through. Um, then I moved to work in um, Loughborough University, coaching the football programme. Then later took over as like the director of football of running the whole programme and working with their first team. Then whilst I was there, uh, did the World Uni Games football, which is a really good experience actually, working with, um, some of the best players in the country that were playing with, for league clubs at the time and going to the World Uni Games as, a, as a, an assistant coach. And then then I found futsal. Um, well, I found it a bit earlier and it was an interesting journey. I went, I got a call to say, oh, do you want to play this game of futsal? I was like, what's that? I was a fo avid football fan, but walked out in front of a crowd of about 15,000 in Thailand to play a game of futsal. And I was like, oof, what's this? Got absolutely spanked by Brazilians who were just amazing at it. And I just thought from then, well, there's got to be something in this a little bit. Um, but then, yep, yeah, so finished at Loughborough and went to be like the head of futsal and national manager um, under Dan Ashworth when he was a technical director, basically lead the futsal programme. And at that point, pro clubs were getting involved and some players were getting involved. Then finished uh, with the FA, um, went back, went did a bit of work for UEFA and then went back to work with the under-18s national programme. I'd already worked with some of the age groups, 15s and 16s anyway, so four or five years there. Um, and then left to go to Leeds for, to take up their under-21s head coach role, which was great. And then did the first team within a few months, working under Jesse, Javi and Sam. And yeah, I think really just a really special journey and lots of experiences, but also along the way doing the work, doing the graft on the grass and, and coaching a lot, really. I'd love to know who wrote your Wikipedia. 
profile. I don't know. I think <laughs> anyone can write them, can't they? Oh, yeah. That's a cool so, point. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but it's, yeah. It's like, I don't know. Everyone says I'm from Nottingham, but I'm not actually from Nottingham. So there you go. Well, that's the first <laughs> error then. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is such an interesting background in what is essentially a, a pretty short coaching career that you've had so far. But in that time, the amount that you've, that you've crammed in and no doubt learn and I want to come on to mentality and everything that you can bring to the club from that perspective too. With regards to the futsal then, you mentioned it there, you're in Thailand, walking out in front of 15,000 people, seeing them get uh, battered by the Brazilians at the time, but that... I was playing in that. Oh, you were playing <laughs> yeah, in that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was chasing shadows in that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite the loss then, it still yeah. whetted the appetite for you. Talk us through some of the similarities between futsal and and the main game and maybe how you can utilize those skills in an 11 aside first okay. team match yeah i think um for the youth section it's really important i think for, for i would that be you know I'm, i've always said it for any kids in this country that want to grow up playing they should, in my opinion say football and f they should play both at a young age football and futsal and they do that in most countries that we aspire have good technical players brazil portugal spain um, but then it becomes like a game different game in its own right so as you get older, it becomes different tactically um, a little bit. So there's some things that cross over, uh, I believe, and there's some things that don't cross over. You know, it's interesting at the minute I'm seeing um, a lot of people talk about putting the foot on the ball and Deserby and slowing the game down. We used to call that La Pausa, pausing the game so that people press so you can play behind the press. So some of the elements now are crossing over, but actually, weirdly, some of these things have been in futsal all along mm. um, because it's a tighter area and it's a smaller space. Um, playing out through the goalkeepers. If you've ever seen a game that goalkeepers go and play, it's like just different uh, in that sense. But you are starting to see different ways. And I think it's the you know influence of the foreign coaches in England that bring these different things. And a lot of them have actually been brought up on futsal as well or played it or coached it. So I just think it's an eclectic mix that's, you know, that evolves the game of football. Um, but I think the key thing is what transitions, what doesn't. Um, a bit like playing badminton, the tennis. You know, badminton and tennis are completely different sport, but the top tennis players in the world would be half decent at badminton, right? And so I always think it's a little bit like that, really. Does it excite you that the game is becoming more technical? And and we know, we've known for a while, particularly in the Premier League, with it being one of, if not the best leagues in the world, that it has been a technical league for quite some time now. But lower down, the Championship, League One, even League Two... How much does that whet the appetite for you? Because clearly, the amount of coaching you've done, you have always been a technical coach and a technical manager. So for you, this must be, you know, lick of the lips stuff, if you like. I've, I think I've seen, if, you, if you're involved in the game, I think I've seen over the last few years, you know, League One, Championship, become more tactical and technical. And again, I think, you know, the Premier League is by far, for me, the best league in the world. It's got the best 400 players in the world. Um, lots of players are aspiring to be in the Premier League. And I always used to say to the Leeds players, like everyone around the world is trying to get to this league. So, you know, it's the best of the best. But I think naturally you get, you know, the drop down of that level into the English football, which I think is a brilliant thing. And I think now we're seeing, you know, the eclectic mix of coaches, tacticians within League One is one of the most exciting things. Uh, you know, I don't think we've had one game the same since I've been here where tactically the opposition's doing the same thing. Um, however, the game is still about winning and putting the ball in the back of the net and running hard and all the basic principles of what we want to see as coaches and what the fans want to see. And then tactics and, and technique probably take over for me. Now, I was at the Leighton Orient game. I, I didn't quite make it to Stevenage. But the one thing that, that struck me in the away end, 
and it was it was at the other side wasn't it from the coaching dugout but the one thing that struck me was just how vocal that you were you were non-stop throughout the game but I'm guessing in futsal you don't get the opportunity as much to shout at the players keep them motivated throughout the game because it's so quick if you say something it's bang it's gone I'm, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong there but you know for you have you always been a very vocal coach no not really I think um, just settling in and getting the players to help them to understand what I wanted in that game um, and I think as games go on that'll probably be a little bit less but it's in that moment just trying to help them because there were some subtle changes and I was just trying to support them through and really make sure they can hear me. Um, like you probably heard me then in the end, probably why I'm losing my voice. Um, <laughs> but it was great to watch yeah. though, because I could see the fans that were at the game were looking over and we're not just watching the match, but we're looking at, you know, and obviously when that, uh, who was it that scored the goal? Ethan, Ethan wasn't it? Ethan when Ethan Anderson, scored, when goal, Ethan scored yeah. the goal and everyone's running over to both you and Tom, even from a distance, you're like, it, it's, it's brilliant. It's great to see. And you want to see that as fans. So okay. maybe that's yeah. something that, you know, helps you know but the bonding with the with the supporters yeah i think it's you know I, and again I, I, the, the players the staff you know ultimately we play the game for the fans mm. and as much as you know i know sometimes the fans don't believe it, they are trying mm. <laughs> the lads are trying every day you know but they can some we can sometimes try hard i think it's really important that the players connect with the fans and we connect with the fans because i know the fan base here is really good and really strong and you know when we wear that badge and i've always been um, even you know I suppose this probably comes from my FA days you know when you put the England badge on it has to mean something you know when I went to Leeds when you put the Leeds badge on it has to mean something and I think it's the same here when you put the little imp badge on you know it has to mean something because we're privileged to wear a badge and represent the club and we have to do our utmost to, to represent it in the right way but and part of that is trying to win games. Now you've said just before then that no no two games are the same and certainly no two matches that you've played against opposition so far have been the same in, in your time here. Generic tactical question now, but what's a perfect Michael Scubala performance? What does that look like? That's a big question. Um, do you ever get perfect as a coach? I'm not sure. Um, okay, what near does, perfect? What's a, what's, what's a near perfect one? Sort of, you know, everything on the pitch, obviously the scoreline, uh, you know, a 5-0 scoreline is essentially perfect, isn't it, to an extent? But, you know, on the pitch... Are you able to come off one day in your head and go, maybe you had it at Leeds, maybe you've had it so far. Are you able to come off the pitch and go, that was everything that I envisaged from that game and that I wanted to do? Yeah, implement. I suppose from a from a style point of view, I would say um, being aggressive on the front foot, trying to high press, pinning teams back. And if you picture the perfect game, it'd be, you know, going again on the attack, not, not letting teams out their half. And I think it's strange actually, because a couple of times against Cambridge, I saw that. I saw them and everything needs to click. Um, you know, not coming out there off, pressing again, being aggressive, um, get but getting the ball down and making good decisions, quick play, two touch football, all the things, but within like structure, rather than it be just random people running over the place, like having a real tactical structure. You know, I, I look at teams like uh, Leicester and I look at teams like Ipswich with Kieran, you know, that's that's a really interesting way of playing where they're really front footed and I think they're doing some good stuff in that at the moment because I think part of modern football is controlling the game, trying to control the game and the centre of pitches as, as, as much as you can. Um, so I'd say that would be a one element of it. And then with the ball being, I say vertical, like I like vertical football. like, And that doesn't mean long, but it can be short to go vertical. It can be positional to go vertical, but really being a team that wants to think forward. Um, and be on the front foot. And if we're going to get beat, let's do it being on the front foot rather than on the back foot. 
it looked effortless that performance against Cambridge. I'm sure it wasn't effortless both yeah. for you and it the players. Hard, yeah. But watching from afar, it it was one of those performances where yes, of course everything clicked. We know everything clicked because of the scoreline, but the way the transition, you know, to use to use your term and to use the footballing term, the transitions from from back to front, they were seamless both through the middle. You know, and use, utilizing the wide players as well. That I guess that's a blueprint for you. Did you say to the lads after that game, "This is more of what I want to see from you"? Yeah, that was pretty much it. It was like, "This is a bar now. Like, how do we keep this bar?" And I think a part of learning and teams and working, like, they'll get to a bar, but then they might drop off again, and then they go again. And how do you keep that consistency of what a team needs to look like for yourself, or how you want the team to look? And I think there was parts of Cambridge that were really exciting um, and really good to see. And I think. It was definitely not effortless. <laughs> it was just looks effortless because yeah. of how well they made decisions in, in the right moments. And I think on the day, we, we were good that day. Mm. What about getting the message across to the players then? Because you've still been with them a fairly short space of time and look, you seem to have gelled really well with this current crop, but they aren't your players. So you have different messages that the previous manager would have had to give to them. How simple do you have to keep the messages to the players and how much do you have to trust that they will take them on board yeah I think that's probably one of, it's a really good question because that's probably one of my biggest challenges as coming in is like it's really difficult to come in mid-season um, to have a way of playing that they understand um, and I don't want to evolve like, I don't want to revolutionise everything that does because there's some really good stuff um, but maybe just evolve it into more of how I see the team looking but the, the lads have been great um, one another challenge is you know I think I've only had like a couple of sessions where I can actually get some real principles that I want to cross I have to hide them within regen or match prep a little bit um, but yeah they're, they're a great bunch um, you can't overload them with new information which is again a challenge because you, you always want to give more as a coach and you always want to give more information but actually it's more about making sure we're taking the right steps in the right direction and I always see if you see progress, whether that's uh, whether the result's not quite gone your way, but you see progress, I think that's a positive sign. We're flying through this, uh, and we do appreciate your time because there's still lots to get through. So, um, you know, if we if we need to stop and no, get a part no, two, let me know, Michael. No, but um, for you, what about mentality then? And, and I'm looking more specifically, I guess, at, at your personality, because from the couple of times that I've spoken to you, without sounding patronising, you seem extremely affable. But of course managerial duties mean putting your foot down at times are, are you going to be or have you been so far one of those that when things don't go right and when the message doesn't get across you put your foot down have you had a chance to think about how you would do that I think yeah I have done it you have to do it um, and I think there's different ways of doing it in, in management I think there's you know playing players and not playing players because they haven't done what you want them to do I think there's being strong and hard on the discipline of like you say the mentality of how you want them to be um, I think that sometimes they need a rocket. Uh, that's part of management, you know, and it's part of getting the best out of people, especially in a, f a football environment. Um, but then I'm also one of those managers that I think sometimes they need support to, to understand what you want and want better. So I always think it's the, the best environments I've ever worked in, worked under or for, have always been high challenge and high support. I don't think you can have high challenge without high support. And I don't think you can have high support without any real challenge because I don't, I don't think the environment gets to your place. So... To answer your question, mentality is really important to me, especially on a pitch where you want teams to be aggressive and on front foot, because if they're not, then we're not going to be that type of team we'd, we'd like to be. As is often the way with these podcasts, we've digressed slightly in between topics. So I'm going to revert and go from futsal. You mentioned a couple of years at the FA. 
then you go to Leeds United and you replace Mark Jackson at the time, yes. I believe. Yep. And Jacko, you take yep. the under you take the under twenty one job. Coaching wise, what did you learn from that? Obviously a heck of a lot, but when you look back at your time as a bit of a summary, what did that experience give you? Yeah, so I suppose the the reason I went to Leeds was because it's a big club, some great young players there. Um, I'd already worked for the FA in the under-18s and I'd already worked for the FA for a period of time. So I'd always worked in international football, which is different from domestic. Um, so I think that's one of the differences that, you know, in international football, you're, you have a really high talent. You have the best players in the country of that age, if it's the 18s, for example, and they're, they're really super talented. Um, but you don't see them every day and you don't work with them every day. And then... The reason I went into Leeds because I wanted to work with high talented players again and work with them every day. And what I learned there is that, that there's some really good talent, um, but having you can skew and have more, what's the word, you can have more impact on them because you see them every day. Whereas with the international teams, you, you can be more tactical, but not necessarily have the same impact um, because they're coming from clubs and the clubs are doing most of the work. So I wanted to go on the other side of the fence and start doing the work a little bit more. And really, really exciting, really exciting project if you like a club to be a part of great fan base um great club um and some great little players as well and then you're thrown in at the deep end two games against manchester united one against everton your, your team scored after 30 seconds at old trafford wasn't it i think yeah overall how did you deal with that experience and you know when the call comes actually that you're going to be taking charge what are the initial emotions yeah, I'd worked under Jesse for a bit. So I'd already worked under Jesse for a bit of time. So I'd moved from the 21s up to the first team after being with the 21s for a bit of time. I actually did both jobs, which was tough, which was busy doing 21s and first team together. Right. Um, so in the end, I moved up with Jesse. And then, you know, I have a lot of respect for managers. I have a lot of respect for any manager I've worked under. And it's a hard, it's a tough job. I'm doing it myself now. And I think you know that coaches have been in the seat, know how hard the seat is and respect each other quite a lot. So when Jesse went, my first emotion was, I'm losing a guy that I've worked with, if I'm honest. Um, and then I got the call to do it. And it was like, Poof, okay, uh, let's go. This is going to be tough. But I think you always fall back on like what you know and what you what you believe in and what you know. So in that moment, it was steady the ship, speak to the players, speak to the staff, calm them down, relax them, and then get ready for the next day, which is training and prepare training and prepare to go to Old Trafford and try and get something out of the game, really. And that that was, in the short term, that was the ambition and... Turned out to be a half-decent result. Could have won it, but there we go. 2 two's not bad away at Old Trafford. Certainly not. Um, did you have a chance to, to take a breath, to, to look around and think, actually, this, you know, I'm doing this now? Or was it one of those, you, you're so focused on the job at hand and actually you've, you know, you've, you've put in so many hours that it's almost a case of, no, I, there's no reason why I don't deserve to be here myself anyway. Um, in the moment, it wasn't taking a breath looking around, if I'm honest. In the moment, it was, I just want to do a good job. So you put everything into it. And I thought to myself, when I come out the back end of this, it will be maybe take a breather. But in the moment, it was, because at the time, the club was struggling a little bit. And if we could go and get some points, I think that was the most important thing for the club. So it was all hands to the pump with myself, the staff, the players. Um, but for me, it was all hours just making sure that we could be ready in a time of change, really. And was it that period where you thought, I fancy a crack at this myself? Whether it's, whether it's with Leeds, whether it's with another club, you know, was that the one where you thought, okay, I've had a bit of a taste of this now? Or did yeah. you know that before? No, I always wanted to manage. I always wanted to coach, but I was, I've never been in a rush to do it. Um, and that sounds silly because I think everybody wants to rush and, and, and learn on the job, if you like. But I always thought, you know, I haven't got the playing background of some ex-players. I know that. Um, 
an ex-player is probably a good or bad, I don't know, but I think it gives you a leg up into the game and you can go and manage. Um, I haven't got that background, so I, know, I appreciate that and I appreciate that they bring different things to me. So I've took a steady route to wanting to do it, um, probably more of a calculated route if you'd like, um, but I always thought one day I would want to do it, um, but again, I wouldn't, had different offers, but I wouldn't just jump just to do it. I wanted it to be what I believed is going to be the right decision for the club that I'm going to and the right decision for me. And hence why I've, you know, here in Lincoln, really, because I think that's what drew me away from, from Leeds in the end. And that leads us perfectly onto our, our time so far at the club, or your time so far at the club, I should say. Um, we're, we're filming this a couple of weeks before it goes out. So I'm going to ask you about your best moments so far. Fingers crossed there might be yeah. a couple of more. <laughs> there, be some forward, <laughs> there, yeah. there might be a few more in there by the time this goes yeah. out. But, but which, which bits stick out for you so far? We talk about, don't we? trying to enjoy the moment, getting the balance right between trying to enjoy things, but also being so focused at the task of hand. So I guess we're not even at Christmas yet. You might not even had a chance to look back, but here's the opportunity. From day one. <laughs> yeah, why From not? From day one, it's been um, it's a good question. Um, I think the goal at Leighton Orient is a, is a nice moment. Mm -hmm. I think tough place to go, getting, you know, the lads, but also it's always like get your first mm -hmm. win as a manager. I think it's really special. Um, being here for the first time with a home crowd I think is a special moment it, those moments you like you say when you come out of it mm. you remember certain things in the moment you don't remember it because you're just focused but I did think you were going to say being here doing this podcast uh, yeah yeah and, and of course the <laughs> podcast being here um, but yeah there's there's those things that you know you remember and there's special moments and then even you know I like the simple things sometimes I love being in the training ground with the players I love training every day I think it's a special training ground Again, it's it's a brilliant facility for, for me. Um, and just to go in every day and work with them is fantastic. And yeah, hopefully they don't get bored of me. <laughs> well, we're certainly not bored of you yet, I'll tell you that. Um, Cambridge celebrations. You and Tom Shaw, that looked almost choreographed. Shall I tell you a story about go that? Go on. I'm not sure he should let me tell you this. He, he was so happy for the resort. He came and said, gaffer, gaffer, can I do the fist pump? I was like, what? Tom, do what you want. Lee. Just be like, just be you. And it was funny. And he, yeah, so he's, he's, he's a great guy, Tom. You know, his, his energy around the place, you know, I don't know if you probably know already, but his energy around the lads, he's got high respect and he's, he's a great assistant to have on board. And yeah, it was just good. But you two have hit it off. I mean, did you expect to come into the club and... You know, I look back on, on my time of, of watching football overall. You don't normally see a manager come in to essentially replace the interim, but then the manager, the new manager and the interim get on so well. Did you expect that relationship to blossom um, so soon? I don't, you don't know, do you? You know, I think every situation is a new situation for me, for Tom. And I just, when I, when I spoke to Tom, I'd been, the, the interesting thing, I'd been in Tom's situation at Leeds. I'd been the interim. And I think, you know, having that is it compassion I don't know having that understanding of how tough that interim job is you know you want to put a stamp on the team but you can't because it's not your team yet and there's so many different challenges with being an interim that you know I experienced um, so I think yeah he, I just said to him look I've been in this situation I know what it's like um, but hopefully you know we can take this team in the right direction um, and he was yeah he's been brilliant so far and it must work nicely as well because of course Tom's original role at the club was an out of possession coach so you know, is that something that works really well for you? Because it's it's something that is a huge part of the game, particularly in this day and age. Yeah, when I was coming into the club, I said, you know, what is Tom's strengths? You know, what are the, what is Scotty's strengths as a goalkeeping coach? And what are the staff's strengths? So it's interesting because lots of managers come in and want to bring lots of staff in, and I, and I understand that. Um, 
and that's not to say we will never add to our staff team because if we think it's right it's will but I was more interested in knowing what quality we have in the building and how we could work with that and like you say Tom's strength is out of possession coaching which he's he's done really well so far so I think we have found that relationship where I can look at the in possession a little bit more and he can look at the out but ultimately you know I have to stand above and look at everything and take responsibility but so far so good I think Big question coming up then, targets for this season. I know it's probably one that you get sick of as a manager, but the league table, are you one of those that lets yourself have a look at it? Because from the fans' perspective, you could be forgiven for looking at it this season and thinking it's a little bit open, there's an opportunity there. Um, I think so. I think, yeah, league tables are league table. You say you don't look at them because everyone looks at them, <laughs> even the coaches. Um I think that we've played a couple more games than others, so I don't think that's you know necessarily really, really accurate. I think, as everybody knows, the fans knows, we have a few injuries, which in a busy season with 46 games isn't isn't ideal. So I think it's really important over the next two months how well we how well we do, and I think after that you'll see how close we are. But I do think some of the clubs you see in that situation, you know, Portsmouth, Bolton, like I say, are big clubs, you know, big clubs with with huge budgets and have dropped down from Premier League. We went to Wigan the other day who have came down from, you know, the championship but been a Premier League club. I think to be in the mix with those types of clubs is is brilliant. Um, but just finding a way that we can push and we can be that club that pushes those clubs. And, you know, who knows? Why not? Why couldn't Lincoln City have some good results and be in, be in, the, in the playoff place? From the outside, it, it seems to be a physical squad yet a technical squad as well. Is that what you've found so far but yeah I think there's a, there's a good blend um, I think there is definitely the physical element to the squad um, and they can definitely get about the pitch which is good um, and then yeah how do we make sure that we dominate with that physical element rather than be just a f defensive physical element how can we be an attacking physical element as well um, and there's one or two good players in there that can keep the ball moving and get on the ball and make things happen and again how do we make sure that we get the balance with those players that need to defend as well um, so that's probably you know the job uh, and in all that how do we m try and play the way that we want to play as Lincoln City moving forward we've raced through this so we're, we'll, we'll begin to wrap it up but uh, Michael just give us a bit of an insight into how you're enjoying Lincoln as well you mentioned before Leicester you're, you're making the commute over but you're staying here a couple of times in the week as well have you had a chance to to meet many people have you um you know, give them many fo photos, autograph opportunities. Uh, not as so well. many photos and autographs. I don't think they want mine. They want the players. <laughs> so no, it's been great. Whenever I've met fans, uh, you know, I just come and say hello. I'll always chat. I, I think it's special. And you know, I've met a couple in in the, in the um, up in the cathedral, walking rounds, and maybe in a restaurant. It's always nice to see people and say hello. But it's a spe it seems like a lovely place, a special place. I'd like to get to see it more because um, most of the time you're training in a hotel, watching clips, speaking to players. But yeah, I think as time goes on and we don't have a Saturday, Tuesday game, then I can get out in the city a bit more. Well, listen, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the We Are Rims podcast. We need a part two soon. So can, can we get you to confirm yeah, a part no problem, two very, yeah. very soon? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you.